Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode of Everything Star Wars. Today, we will be reading through the first issue of the War... No, 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 not the War of the Bounty Hunters, but Crimson Rain. That's right, so my War of the Bounty Hunters series, I did four episodes on that where I read through first the introduction to the War of the Bounty Hunters comic, and then the next five issues. So check those out if you haven't already. It's a very cool story about Crimson Dawn, Boba Fett, and many other characters. But now that that is concluded, it left off on a cliffhanger with the Crimson Dawn, and that's what this new comic book series that's coming out this year, well, that will be coming out this year, part of it came out last year and it's going to continue to come out this year, it's going to be about what Crimson Rain, what Crimson Dawn, rather, was doing after the War of the Bounty Hunters, which all takes place between episodes 5 and 6 of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. What was Crimson Dawn doing? That's what this comic book series is going to explain, and that's what I'm here to inform you about. So, if you're unfamiliar with this, I basically just read through the comic. I somewhat describe what's going on, but mostly just read through it and explain anything that needs explanation, um, visually-wise. So, let me know if you think it works, let me know if there's something you think I could do better, or if I'm not making anything clear enough. But without further ado, let's just jump right in. Now, let's jump right in to this first issue of Crimson Rain. After the Fall. Here, I'll activate it for you. The scene opens on a dimly lit chamber, with a pedestal in the middle, upon which there stands a circular orb. This doesn't look like the other ones. Well, it's definitely a holocron of some kind, but I've never seen another like it. It responds to... well, you'll see. It'll answer your questions, though. I know it did for me. These two disembodied voices are conversing with one another. We don't see anyone until the orb activates, presumably through one of the character's intentions. You have accessed this record using the light side of the Force. The dark side would have sufficed. The Force is the Force to my mind. A holographic figure, hooded and cloaked, appears above the orb. Would you hear the same tale if you reached out from the shadow? Who can say? That is more about you than me. We now see the figure unhooded, has very long hair as a female, one eye that works, the other eye is blinded, and she just has very long white hair, she seems very old. This is the story of a woman named Kira. Grew up a scum rat in the sewers of Corellia. Trapped and afraid, she used her skill, cunning, and will to rise to great heights, to rule a group called Crimson Dawn. When, they f when she found them, they were killers, liars, and thieves, led by a monster. They remained those things under her hand, but she gave them something the master had not. She gave them a purpose. And now the page turns and we see a flashback. This is when Crimson Dawn was actually in power. This is right after the War of the Bounty Hunters. So presumably before we were in a present day thing and now we're going flashback. So we see a whole group of mercenaries and other assorted uh, characters lined up while Kira gives a speech. But for now, this 
person called the Archivist talks. We'll find out her name later. A grand ambition, the achievement of which would give the people of Crimson Dawn what they most desired, while changing the galaxy for the better. Kira planned and schemed and prepared, but most importantly, she searched. For those few special people in the galaxy with the skill, power, and will to help make her dream a reality. In time, she found them, and when all was ready, the cards dealt, the weapons primed, the engines fueled, she brought them together. The Knights of Ren. We see a group of seven of these knights standing there, very, very intimidating. Cheneth Cha and the Orphans. And there's four of these characters who are very tough, mercenary-looking characters. Ochi of Bastoon, an assassin. Deathstick, another assassin. Margo and Trian, in Trinia, Kira's closest advisors within the dawn, we see them. And myself as well. I have a name, but most simply, call me what I am. The Archivist. And when we were there, standing before her on her great, beautiful ship, the Vermilion, she told us the truth. I know a secret. All of you know it, too. That is why you are here. Very few people understand the true nature of the galaxy, that it is a prison, and that all its inhabitants are prisoners. And the reason for that, the reason is one word. It is the name of our fear. It is the name of our chains. That word is Sith. Kira goes on. They are an ancient order, masters of the dark side of the Force. I learned about them from the one who ruled Crimson Dawn before me. His name was Maul. For a time, or rather, his name was Maul. For a time he was one of them. Darth Maul, apprentice to the only other Sith in the galaxy. There are only ever two. At his side, he learned of their mysteries, their power, and their eternal ambition. Then he died and was reborn. Not uncommon for the Sith, from what I know. Embracing their true selves seemed to bring with it great pain, great change. But he was no longer truly a Sith. So here was a little uh, comment, a little explanation from the archivist. She shows a picture of Maul, or she does an image of Maul, and then shows him with his spider legs. And now Kira continues. Like so many of you, he was used. And when he was no longer useful, he was discarded. That is what the Sith do. They take, and then they throw away. This should be the structure of power in the galaxy. She pulls up a holographic image of what looks like a mountain range. An endless mountain range. That's exactly what it is. Many peaks, none dramatically higher than any other. The people who live on them, free to climb as high as they can. And all those centers of power contending with and compromising with the others. But the galaxy is not like this. Under the Sith, it is a pyramid. Everyone climbing to the same place, pushing others down so they can ascend. She pulls up a holographic image, this time a red pyramid. And at its peak, someone waits, 
ready to destroy anyone who would dare approach. The only truly free person in the entire galaxy. Emperor Palpatine. His name, his Sith name, is Darth Sidious. The name of his apprentice is Darth Vader. They are the two most powerful people in the galaxy. The archivist again interjects and shows an image of Vader standing behind Emperor Palpatine, who has lightning coming out of his fingers while he sits on his throne. Then Kira continues, They must die so the galaxy can live. Star Wars Crimson Rain, Part 1, The Orphans. Written by Charles Soule, art by Stephen Cummings, colored by Guru Effects, letters by VCs Travis Lanham. I have gathered us together because we are some of the few who know the secret. In a galaxy of countless living, unique beings, one man decides how we all live or die, a Sith. He will take what he wants from us, now and forever. He stole your pride, your ambition. Don right he did, says one of the Knights of Ren. Your love, your hope, she says to Chanath Cha and the orphans. Your identity, she says to Deathstick. Your vision, to Ochi. Your legacy, to the archivist. None of us are good, and some of us are worse than others. I do not trust you, and you should not trust me. But we all want the same thing. That means we can work together. Maul had a plan to destroy Sidious, but was killed before he could see it through. I will not make his mistakes. I have the Sith artifacts he collected, and more I have found on my own. I have the knowledge I gleaned from his aggrieved mutterings. Always two. There are always two. And, most importantly, I will not be doing it alone. I have all of you. Whether you seek profit, or knowledge, or freedom, or justice, my plan will bring it to you. We can all get what we want. Just do your jobs, play your part, and we will achieve something extraordinary. We will all be free. Now, let us begin. She concludes her speech, and then in the next scene, we see her ship, her, well, it's a little starfighter, little cruiser vessel, going to... Black Sun Frigate, Dark Path. She docks in the hangar bay and says, Lord Gaiuti, lovely of you to come down here to the hangar to meet me yourself. Of course, Lady Kira. Courtesy is about the only law I respect. But you brought your guards. And so, I note, did you. Being courteous does not make me a fool. Is Crimson Dawn's reputation among the syndicates truly so terrible? I would say Crimson Dawn's reputation is deserved, but that is what always made you people useful. Come, we will drink and talk. You requested this meeting, Lady Kira, he, uh, Lord Gaiuti says to Kira as they sit across from one, of another, one another at the table. What does Crimson Dawn wish with Black Sun? That business on Jakara was important. To reintroduce my organization to the galaxy after so long away, but it was also a bit remote. I wanted to personally communicate a few key points to you and your people. First, 
Crimson Dawn has no designs on Black Sun's territory, business, contacts, or wealth. We are not in competition with you. Huh. I'd like to see you try. No, you most certainly would not. Trust me. But war would be wasteful. The galaxy is huge. Plenty of room for all of us. You do what you do. We'll do what we do. Which is? Stop teasing it out, woman. If you have an offer, make it. Forgive me, Lord Gaiuti. For me, it's the anticipation of the thing, always. Crimson Dawn wishes to remain small. Lean, we want to offer services to the larger syndicates. Precise, important tasks. We have contacts, contacts you can only dream of. If there is something you need to know, a discreet death, come to us. This would be an exclusive arrangement? Of course not. We will work for anyone who can afford us. But that will be a select group, and we will never n disclose any tasks you ask us to complete. Our complete neutrality is the best guarantee of our discretion and our success. If we start taking sides, we will make enemies. But if everyone uses us and comes to need us, then no one will destroy us. We believe Crimson Dawn can be essential. I'm sure you do. Nothing wrong with a healthy estimation of one's own abilities. But as a courtesy and a taste, let me provide a piece of valuable information. You saw what the Huts did above Jakara? Attacked the Imperial flagship? Of course. They did it in front of all of us, the fools. Everyone saw it. Rumor has it that Vader executed the entire Hut Council as punishment. That's true. But that's not all. An Imperial con my Imperial contacts tell me the Emperor Palpatine was furious at the Hut's betrayal. For years, the Huts have enjoyed a special relationship with the Empire. They do not... They enjoy protected status in their sector. Then, over the next couple scenes, it shows different advisors, Trinia and Margot, speaking to other syndicates. So, Obadiah, High Fortress of the Pike Syndicate. Margot goes on. In exchange for... Performing valuable services for the Empire outside of the bounds of Imperial law. This deal has been in place for decades, but now, after the Hut Council attacked them, then it shows Castell, the lair of Papa Torin, where Trinia is speaking. We hear the Empire is reconsidering. They're looking for a new partner. It won't be Crimson Dawn. So what that showed was that Kira's got other contacts going to different places, giving the same message. Then back to Kira and Lord Gaiuti. We have no interest in the demands of a direct partnership with the Empire. We're small, and we want to stay small. We don't have the infrastructure. But if there was ever a time to make a play f for an organization with a larger footprint, it could be quite an opportunity. Well, that is interesting. Pass it along to Prince Zizor, with compliments from Crimson Dawn. Just remember us when the credits start rolling in. Now, above Dantooine, the Siroto, which is Chanathcha, the ship Chanathcha and the orphans are using. Remember, no survivors. We're just going to roll up and murder everyone, Chanath? Our target is a Black Sun Smash Processing Lab. They're tweaking the formula to make it more powerful, more addictive, and effective on new species. Everyone there, from the sentients to the guards, know exactly 
what they're trying to do. I'll shed no tears for people like that, Seer. So in the ship's, I guess, lobby area, we see four of these mercenaries talking to one of one another. Guess that does make it a little simpler. Yeah. Unrelated question. What did Kira refer to when she stated that the Sith stole your love and hope? This is a droid character. Ah, I was wondering if any, would, if any of you would ask. Figures it'd be you, Bright. You know how I called our group the Orphans? It's not just to sound tough. Of course not. It is literal. I am the last of my factory line. Seer's parents died years died, died long ago. Amara Vex is... My parents technically could be alive, but I haven't seen them since I was too young to remember. Right. But it's not just you. We're all orphans here. Darth Vader killed my parents right in front of me. This is, We see a flashback of... When uh, Chanith Cha was a young child, I had to swear an oath to him. I, I swear I will not, I will take no revenge. Nothing happened here today. Nothing at all. Had, had to just let it lie. I said those words because my parents wanted me to live. But my heart died the moment I watched Vader cut them open. Way I figure it, oaths end when you do. My heart died and I've been hunting Vader ever since. I became one of the Empire's pet operatives, thinking it could get me close. Didn't work. I never saw Vader again. What I couldn't do alone, maybe I can do with Kira. We'll see. Query. Related. Based on this information, our team should simply be named the Orphans. Or how about we keep it how it is, Lady Bright? Because I'm the boss and you guys are the crew, and that's the way it is. Everyone up. Focus up, everyone. We've got a job to do. Look at this. Two nice ladies and a droid. One guard says to another outside of this base that they are invading. Correction. Three nice ladies. <laughs> Don't know if you're lost or looking for something particular, but you should turn around and find it somewhere else. Ain't no help for you here, the guard says as they both raise their blasters. But before they can make a move, they are immediately blasted down by Amara Vex. Two laser bolts from her sniper gun. Or for you, she says. Alright. Bound to be a lot of guards. I'll draw them out. Seer, you and I will take out anyone who gives away their position. Lady Bright, you start torching the place. Roger, roger. Hey! I'm here to take everything you've got. Thought it'd be nice to give you smash-dealing, life-stealing, unfeeling advance notice. We've jammed your comms. No one helps coming. You think you can stop me? Give it your best shot. She says to a group of, well, a lot of people working on this new drug. And then these guys up on, up on a balcony say, don't mind if I do. And they'll start shooting at her, but right before they, the laser bolts hit Chanith Cha, she activates a personal deflector shield, which activates and deflects all the bolts right back at the people who shot them. You locked in, Seer? Oh yeah. Targets galore, Chanith. You handle the platforms, I'll handle the ones at ground level. Whee! Says Lady Bright as she begins, as the droid begins to torch everything with her built-in flamethrower. Chanith, Seer, we got a problem. Talk to me, Amara. Got a couple of black sun birdies trying to leave the nest. Two transports. They'll accelerate into orbit and jump away the second they get out of the gravity well. I can't get them both. Don't have enough time before they'll be out of range. 
Blast it. Seer, you need to get to the Sirodo. Cer- a couple of ships are trying to escape. Go now. If they get into hyperspace, we failed. On it, boss. Hmm. Imaramex raises her rifle, then looks at the ship, then pulls out a special bullet from her pocket, looks at it for a second, loads it into her gun, cocks it, aims. The Black Sun ship is, or not Black Sun, but the ship is not even, or yeah, the Black Sun ship, not even visible on the horizon, but she still knows where it is. She fires, waits a second, nothing happens, looks away, nothing happens, and then an explosion in the background. And she says, gotcha. The last Black Sun ship is almost about to escape. They destroyed the other transport. What are you waiting for? Go to light speed and get us out of here. We don't have enough distance from the planet yet, boss. Entering hyperspace could, here could kill us. We've already calculated the route. Just give it a few more seconds. The ship explodes, and Seer says, Caught them in time, Chanith. I'll come back down to help you and Lady Bray finish up. Don't worry about it, Seer. We're doing our final sweep. This place is done. Only thing left to do is take some pretty pictures. And now we're in a Black Sun ship. It did not take long for Black Sun to notice the loss of their hidden facility. The research done there was important to Prince Caesar's future plans. Lord Gaiuti insisted on receiving daily reports. Lord Gaiuti, when the Lothal Smash Lab didn't check in, we sent a patrol team there to see what was happening. It's it's gone, burned to ash. What? Who did it? Who would dare? Has anyone claimed responsibility? No, not yet, but a few hours ago... This popped up on the shadow feeds. No source, no one claiming responsibility. Whoever did this didn't want it to be about them. They wanted to send us a message. They wanted to send a message to the galaxy about us. Black Sun is in eclipse? Yes, I can read. They're calling us weak. None of the under syndicates wanted to claim this because they know we would eradicate them. Could have been any one of them, which means we need to send a message of our own. It means we'll have to hit them all. The orphans continued their work, sowing havoc among the syndicates, never allowing themselves to be seen, leaving few survivors, creating an atmosphere of dread and distrust. As the archivist goes on, she, uh, or the, uh, a panel of just shots from the orphans' missions and their deeds uh, show. None of the syndicates knew who to blame, so they blamed each other, their suspicions stroked by the whispers of Crimson Dawn. Not just the message from Kira, Margo, and Trinia, but confirmation from within their own ranks, double agents under the control of the Dawn. The story was always the same. The Empire was about to end their deal with the Huts and would choose the strongest syndicate to replace them, or perhaps just the only one left. Before long, they were fighting each other, burning their resources, disrupting the normal rhythms of criminal activity in the galaxy. It was disorder, in a galaxy ruled by one who valued order above all else and would take extreme measures to preserve it. Coruscant, the Imperial Palace. We see Emperor Palpatine's throne room, and he is surrounded by many of his assistants and underlings. And so, as the syndicates went to war, Emperor Palpatine took notice. 
He was displeased. We get a close-up shot of Palpatine's pretty face in a hideous scowl. He took action. Inform Lord Vader that he is required. But the Syndicate War was far from the only plan Kira had set in motion. Now we see a ship going through hyperspace. To be precise, it's an Oubliette-class transport called the Night Buzzard. The Knights of Wren also had a role to play. Brutish and terrible, but one of the few groups of dockside practitioners left after Palpatine's purges, and perhaps the only one sufficiently proud, strong, and foolish to directly defy the Sith. We see two of these blacks, uh, not Black Sun, but Knights of Wren fighting each other. One has a lightsaber, the other fighting with special lightsaber-proof uh, electro poles. Kira was clear. As long as we bring her what she's looking for, we can take anything else we can carry. Bound to be plenty of good stuff in there, Mirinda. I bet, Ren. Better than pick that. Better than picking over old ruins, hoping to find a Kyber crystal someone forgot. Kira even gave me a map of the place. Access codes. No idea where she got it. For someone who can't touch the shadow. She's an impressive woman. You really think a woman like that would lower herself to someone like you? Plenty of women like to get low, especially the fancy ones. But I'm not going there. One of us would end up dead. We'll keep it strictly business. More opportunity there, anyway. This is the biggest job we'll ever poll. No questions about it. Fortress Vader. We'll be legends. I just don't know how we'll do it. And here the Knights of Ren are around this hologram, holographic table, where they're pulled up a schematic of Fortress Vader, Vader's castle on Mustafar, presumably talking about their plan to raid it. The assassins prepared as well, in their own strange ways. Ochi of Bestoon sat sharpening his blade in the dark, but then everything was dark to him now. He lost his way at Exegol and had not yet found his way back. Perhaps he never would. I have seen the light, Ochi of Bestoon says as he sits on a rock next to a campfire sharpening his blade. As long as I knew him, he remained a terrified little beast who killed because anyone he murdered could not kill him. His road was paved in corpses. Some were paid for by Kira. I have seen the light. It was so pretty. Deathstick was as much a killer as Ochi, but she was not lost. Born, she was born of night. No one could be more at home in the dark. Many of her profession would refuse the target Kira gave her. Deathstick was not bothered at it. Was not bothered at all. And then here we see Deathstick also sitting down on a platform or a rock or something in some sort of building, um, meditating. As for my own role, and now we see the archivist in an archive. Kira employed me as a general advisor on all matters related to the Force and the Sith. She had gleaned mere scraps from Maul, but to her credit, she knew it. Lady Kira was never afraid to admit when she did not know something. Her flaws were in other areas. 
Kira did give me one specific task, a way we might increase our chances of success. We were not the Sith's only enemies. Another group fought them for centuries, defeating them more than once. Palpatine destroyed their great order, through machinations dark and deep. But Kira was convinced some few had survived the purge. If any could be found, they might serve as powerful allies. And if not allies... Ah, hello there, friend, the archivist says as she found something. As bait. She holds up a data pad that has a picture, an image of Yoda on it. Grandmaster Yoda. And now we're back in the Vermilion as Margot, Kira, and Trinia converse. Margot starts off by saying, The conflict among the syndicates is well underway, Lady Kira. The huts are holding back, responding if attacked, but otherwise staying out of it. Jabba is a long game player, Margot. He knows the Empire isn't actually considering a new partner. He'll ride things out on Tatooine, watching as his competitors eat each other. Trinia, pass word to Chanath Cha and her orphans that they can lie low for the time being. They will have a role to play in the future, but for now, they've done their part, and then some. I will, Lady Kira. The assassins are next. I will send them after their targets, and reach out to Leia Organa. Tell her I would like to meet. The rebels will be part of this, whether they want to or not whether they even realize it. Kira planned as well as anyone could, achieved extraordinary things, an astonishing woman in a thousand ways. You know, this is the story of the fall of Crimson Dawn. I really think this could work. This story is a tragedy. To be continued. And that's the end of the comics, comic issue one. Next is Crimson Rain 2, The Assassins, and that's coming out sometime this month, if it's not already out, and I will be reading through it next month. So, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave me a five-star review, and subscribe. It really helps the show out a lot when you do. And stay tuned for the rest of my episodes this week, and the rest of the Crimson Rain read-through episodes over the next several months. And until next time, well... You know, if you have any episode requests, suggestions, ideas, comments, anything like that, theories, suggestions, tips, advice on life, just shoot me an email. You know my email's in the podcast description and the episode description. So, until next time, may the Force be with you.